The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Today on UFC Unfiltered, I'm back. Finally, Matt and I have a great time. We have a very interesting chat, maybe a little emotional. And don't forget, Brad Pickett calls in. The great Brad Pickett. Such a good time. He may finish it here. Oh, he's out. He's out. He's out. It is all over. UFC and digital media present UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah, powered by digital media. Find your voice. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Oh, it's good to be back. Is it? It is. Yeah. I'm so happy you're back. I missed you, pal. I missed you too. I was in LA, I mean, so it was nice at 80. I was, I, this is, I was on the roof of the hotel having tea with a friend of mine, like a true LA douche. And uh, it was so hot, my back hurt. Oh, but from it's, the oh, sun. it was very it was hot. snowing here. Yeah, oh, I was 80. Uh. It was phenomenal. It's so nice, though. It's so nice. I, I hardly get to the West Coast, but when I do, I'm like, oh, this weather, look at this. It's hard not to enjoy it. Right? You can't not enjoy it. I feel it. like I was there with you because I seen everything you were on. <laughs> I watched your Joe Rogan. I, I watched Joe. you on Fighter and the Kid. I yeah. started watching you on Bill Burr or listening. Yeah. Those else. guys love you, by the way, uh, Brian and Brendan. They oh, all those guys. Man, I, I saw it. I got, uh, I got, uh, I was, I was very touched. You said a lot of nice things about me, buddy. Well, you're a good egg. I appreciate that. It was a fun, it was Thank a fun you. trip as far as the podcasts I did. Joe, you know, Joe and I talked for almost three hours. He's just a great talker. He's fun. He just, it's easy. It's just an easy I, sit down it's, conversation. It's so, it's so funny because if you hear how he got started with that whole podcast thing, he got it from, he was influenced by the, uh, the open Anthony show. From by Anthony. Show. Yeah. Anthony Cumia yeah. would go home and do this thing called live yeah. from the compound. And I broadcast from his house, and Joe said, yeah. that looks like so much fun. And then, he, yeah, so he's, you know, that's how he got the idea of doing it. But just the way, just his interview style, he always said he got that influence from that show because of, uh, he said he'd make it like a conversation. And I always thought about that because I, don't, I never consider myself, I still don't consider myself some kind of interviewer. I just always, that always stayed in my head. So I'm like, that's good because I could have a conversation about anything. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. Find something interesting in, 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 in what the person's doing and and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I really and I did his show before too, Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan, a while ago. And it is an easy. It goes. I'm like, it's done. He goes, that was three hours. It doesn't feel like three. No, hours. except for the way right? I piss because he has that fucking that <laughs> caveman coffee or whatever, and I got to piss oh, uh, at least twice during the podcast. And I was doing my radio show this morning, and. Uh, we had a guy named Joe Sakura in, who's a buddy of mine. He's in Power. He's one of the co-stars of Power. And then uh, Chuck Zito. Oh, I love Chuck Zito. He's walking by. I just saw him through the glass, so I waved yeah. him in. So he, he stayed with us for about an hour. 
and he says hello to you. He has very nice things I re- to say about you. I, Chuck, he's such a good dude, Chuck. I, he's like an encyclopedic knowledge, as do you, oh, about the early UFC. Yeah. Those, you know, these two guys, the old yeah. UFC, oh, were really amazing. About it. I, I remember those fights, maybe because it was so new and it's ex- just such a new thing and exciting, and that uh, I remember a lot of those fights more even as clear as the ones that are recently, you know, taking place. But it, I, you know what I, I I've been on that show. Like I was on the, uh, the your show with uh, Sam Roberts, not too, whatever, a couple yeah. weeks ago. I don't know in that serious building. I but my ADD, I might have to keep the the blinds uh, shut, or whatever. Because yeah. you're in like this glass booth, and everywhere you walk around is sway, and there's this and there's that, and different people doing their thing. And you're like in a fishbowl type of thing. Like you could see everywhere, right? People right. walking around. That's I, I don't know if I can handle that. Well, you can see him out of the front and the side. You can't see him behind you. There's yeah. no behind you. But you can see him out of the front and one on the side. But when we put the curtains up for interviews. Oh, that's why filming you do that. Them. Yeah, right? yeah. Just so you don't see all this jostling in the back. So yeah. it looks a little bit more professional. I need. I'd be like a vampire in that thing. Yeah. <laughs> with me, with my, with my head. But uh, anyway, we're gonna get into the fights too. We, we got are. Brad Pickett calling in. But the fights are in Norway soon, aren't they? Oh wait, that's me. I'm going to Norway. What? I just wanted to prostitute my plug. I'm going to I'm going to Oslo, Norway, Antwerp, Belgium, Copenhagen, Amsterdam. Oh wow. And one more city I can't remember. I want to go to Amsterdam. I don't I don't know what any of them are like. Wait. You never been to Amsterdam? Stockholm, Sweden. I've never been to any of them. You never been to Amsterdam? No. Tickets oh are on goodness. sale now for all of these gigs at the end of May, like May twenty sixth through thirty first. I'm going. I've never been to any of these countries. That's exciting. Amsterdam. That's really exciting. I don't. I don't smoke hash. Yeah. But I. Uh, I'm just gonna go and lick windows. I understand yeah. that's a really. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's like window shopping. That's like what I've you, heard. Yeah. You walk in there. My first cousin's from there. I went over there when I was 23. Okay. With a Brazilian buddy of mine, we did like. Uh, that's why that movie Hostel scares the shit out of me. You ever see Hostel? I believe I did. Where Listen, does that take place? Let me tell. You, I don't even like those horror movies, but this one it takes place in Europe, and these guy these guys were on that Euro train, and I that was me. I mean, I didn't go to the hostel and whatever, but I, well, me and my Brazilian buddy, we were two, we were purple belts at the time. I was 23 years old and uh, we, we took the Euro train. My first cousin, David, lives in, or David, if you want to pronounce it the way they do in Holland, lives in um, uh, David Serra, my, my first cousin. David Serra. Uh, yeah, my uncle was um, a crazy hippie. I think he tried to get away from the war and I think he, he went over to Holland and met up with some Holland lady and now, you know, I got my cousin over there. So... Wait, oh, he's even Vietnam. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My Uncle Steve, yeah, he's a good man. But he's a good dude, but I think he... Uh, I think he was like a crazy hippie, you know? I did that during Desert Storm, even though there was no draft. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I went over there. I stayed with my cousin in Amsterdam and we took that Euro train from... Uh, we were there for like a week in Amsterdam, and then we took that to Paris and then to London, you know? And it's funny because I this is the first time I, I rolled at my buddy. Um, and this guy was in, you know who would know this guy? is uh, would know, or, or know of his fight in the UFC is uh, Chuck Trezito because he knows like you know he knows the old school sure. fights. From UFC number two, there was a big guy from Holland named Remco Padu, and he beat up a Thai boxer who a Thai boxer looked um, Orlando Wheat, I believe his name was, and this guy. When they showed like the common attractions, the other guys like, and this was before weight classes. Uh, so it's it's UFC number two, and Remco's a big, uh, like judo player, right? And he's going versus this little like this. He almost a bald, like like chiseled. Um, uh, he's a black guy. I don't know if he's from France, but he was Orlando Wheat, and he was a good. Th- they show him Thai boxing. They shows so you're thinking this guy's gonna kill the the big you know right. guy from the big judo guy. The big judo guy comes out in his gi. Remco, Remco 
tied up, tied him up, threw him, and just elbowed the crap out of him and ended it. I'm like, holy shit. Then he ended up getting matched up with Hoist Gracie and getting his back taken and, and, and strangled. But anyway, so I was at his place and I, and I, uh, and I did, I, me and my buddy, um, uh, Pleak, Brazilian guy, uh, purple belt also. So we did like a little class for his, his at his judo club because he knew Henzo. And after that class, we rolled with everybody. And you feel like Hicks and Gracie because these guys, they're judo guys, but they don't, they did back, especially back then. I mean, that this was 1990s, late 1990s, whatever. So these guys, you know, they don't know jujitsu like they do now. Sure. So we're sitting there feeling like masters. Well, you know, we were purple belts, we were destroying the whole room. <laughs> Very nice guy, though. Well, a funny thing about this before I get into uh, I'm going in the shower. Europe's a different place, man. You, and you're going to find out when you're there. I'm in now. Usually, it's one thing if it's a single shower, obviously, and but there's 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 uh, it's one thing if it's like a wrestling locker room where everybody's got their showers. So I go to take a shower after this. I go in and and there's only there's only two nozzles. It's a little it's like not. It's so I'm like all right. So I go in the one and and all of a sudden I you know, oh there was a very good. Lesson today, and fucking Remco's washing himself in the shower right next to me, as far as Chris, the producer, is from me. The big Holland, this big judo guy's naked showering. It was just me and uh, it was, it was, it took me by surprise. It happened to me once at Penn State. (laughs) (laughs) I got this big Holland, big, what do you call it? A big Dutch guy, and oh man, I took the quickest shower I ever took. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, I don't like showering with other guys, that's weird. Yeah, Exactly. I know it's common in like football no, and baseball. Oh no, and we went to a sauna when I was there, uh, in like a, a workout place, uh, a gym. And some lady comes in and uh, takes off a towel, naked, big bush, everything, and says something in the uh, Dutch talk, <laughs> and about maybe put making it hotter in there. And we're like, oh, and oh, what you know, we don't speak it or whatever. And so then she, I don't know, I think she felt weird and just left. Because it's me and my Brazilian buddy, I'm like, you just get lay naked in front of each other. It's a different mindset over there, Jimmy. They do it in my gym too, but I always keep. What? Two, I keep a towel on. Sometimes in the sauna, the guys are naked. No, but no, no. This was a woman, like though. A girl. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. It's a I co-ed know. sauna. I would like that. Oh my goodness! But anyway, really quick to finish this story, I, I, I don't know how I got into. Uh, so I guess something on the mats. I got what we call what they call empadigo. You ever hear of empadigo? No. It's like a, you can get it from from any of a dirty mats or something, or if somebody's dirty, you know, it, you know it's, it's it's a rare thing, but uh, it could come up, you know, if you don't shower right away or whatever. So I got that on my face, and I think I sh- and I shaved. Now, well, I'm not going to get into what I did in Holland. I'm not saying I visited any places or anything, but in, in fucking Amsterdam. But I am going to say I had a good time. You did. So I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm I'm going to die. I got something growing on me. I think I got some kind of disease. Yeah. A big one. Yeah. And my whole face looked like pepperoni. I'm like, I'm dying. So I went home, went to a dermatologist, and I found out that was empedigo, and I got it fixed. But it meant How do they fix empedigo? I don't you got to put cream on it and take some pills. Where do you get it from? You can get it from tra- from dirty mats or or dirty geese or dirty people. So do you, you know wash I mean? right after dirty each one? Dirty A-holes if you oh. got a, d- a date that didn't come out of sh- I know you like them right after they go for a nice jog. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> we all? So wait, if you oh, get empedigo, nice. everybody go... Now, can you wash it off your face, like with soap? Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're, I don't know, maybe it's because I didn't, I jumped out of that shower real quick because I was in there with a big naked Dutch man, or, <laughs> I mean, I was, dude, got the hell out of there. Oh, man, it was so funny. But let it, who, how is that? Why only, why, put three, put three in there. That way it's not as awkward, what, right? Yeah, I'm not an insecure guy, but I don't know, Jimmy. Two is a little awkward. Two is a little weird. A little bit. A little intimate. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? But anyway, I don't know where I'm going with all this, Jimmy. How was your trip in L.A.? Was it fun? Did you have fun? I did have a good... It was very, very busy. I was up at 4 o'clock every morning. Yeah. On the air by 5 for my own show, and then a lot going to... Oh, you did your show on the road? From me and Sam did it, yeah. I was five. It was 5 to 8 live. Is it weird when you're not in the same studio? No, no, no. I've done so many remotes and stuff like that. It was fine. And we had... um, you know, but then I was like going right to regular yeah. radio in LA and then Just, on to podcasts. I mean, and congratulations, man. I, I, first of all, funny as shit, man. Thank I, you, I man. watched the majority of it. I, I can't, I can only watch it with my kids. I can only watch it, um, when my kids aren't around. Sure. You know what I mean? I started to watch it with my wife. And, uh, it was, uh, it, it was, I saw the opening, which was great. And she Thank loved you. it. And then you start getting into the balls over the face with the fucking, I don't want to get into it. I want people to watch it and experience yeah, it. I'm going to, I'm going to ruin everything. I'm not going to mention one joke, but I, it's a little dirty. <laughs> it's dirty as fuck. And then like, <laughs> and then thank goodness. Only because, uh, I, listen, my wife's not a prude or anything, but you know, the, my kid woke up and during like maybe not even 20 minutes in so I'm like I'll watch the rest later and I watched the rest by myself I had to watch more because I I, I don't want to it's okay like I don't know where you're going to go with it so I don't know if it was going to go too deep and she's going to be like what the fuck is who is this man that was in my <laughs> yeah did she see the part about me? Oh, shit. Did she see the part about um, the fruit me, roll up? What you pulling the thing? Off oh, yeah, or me getting to go to eat my ass and my balls going over her face? Oh, it got really dirty. I don't wait, wait, wait. No, no, she didn't see that. Part. Okay, that's Thank better God. for her. That's that way, and you scrape up. What did you do after? When you when the, wait, wait, you you scrape your balls over the face like a street like, sweeper. Yeah, get my balls, my bag on her face. It was good, man. Everybody's loving. Everybody's loving. Mouthful of shame on Netflix. I appreciate. I, it. I just read. I was looking at my Instagram and I follow your buddy Amy Schumer. Yeah, and she was saying. Um, I don't have a direct quote, but she was saying how funny it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tweeted it for me, which is really nice. nice. And, uh, you know, a lot Everybody of my do, friends you, didn't. Me, you always want your friends to help you out, help these motherfuckers promote everything. So thank you to guys. Sorry to interrupt you. Thank you to no. guys like Joe and the fighter and the kid and fucking uh, yeah, Adam Carolla and uh, all the other guys I did while I was out in L.A., Kevin and Bean and Frosty and I forget that. I always Heidi and Frosty. <laughs> People that help you promote, it means yeah. a lot. Well, dude, I think everybody really likes you, man. Some people Every, do, man. I don't know, Jimmy. I can't. I can't. There's not a lot of people I think could say something bad about you. I don't know. Unlike myself. No, no I'll say stuff nice about me. I meant people probably don't like me as much. Yeah, no, they like you. Well, I mean, you like me. They all like you. I don't know. That's right. This popular. is a love fest. It really is. It's a love fest. We let's, miss let's, each other. It happens. That's true. Dude, it's Real true. men can miss each other. I, I'm totally secure with it. Me too. Did you watch the fights? Oh, dude, she, did I watch the fights? They were great. I, I mean, I, I don't want to jump right to Gunnar Nelson, who I can't say enough about. I, I want to, because we had Alan on when you were away. Alan Joban. Oh shit! What a nice dude. Yeah, it almost, it, it's that much worse though when they lose because you're like, oh man, you you like man, you get the you feel like you get to know him a little well, bit. Well, he trains at the Tenth Planet, right? He's a brown belt on yeah. the Tenth Planet, but uh, Gunnar Nelson was Gunnar Nelson, phenomenal. Man, he, he just yeah, let's just jump. We'll we'll, we'll skip around we'll a little around. bit, but let's let's talk about Gunnar Nelson for a second. Wow, because, he looked good because he heard. Now he definitely. I thought you see his post fight. I did Talk, not. I thought it was very interesting. He's, he, I'll tell you, the guy's very zen-like. He's very, he, he's very calculated. Like he's, he's very, like he seems like spiritual. Like, you know what I mean? Gunner. Gunner Nelson. When you hear him talk very mellow. And when you, when I seen him um, in the, the post-fight press uh, conference and they were saying, you know, why didn't you, he was basically out from the strikes. Yeah. Why did you choose to end it the way you did in a submission? Which was beautiful. Beautiful, by the way. He did, he said, look, the, you know, he, he knew he was done, basically, and he took that opportunity because he goes, "Well, hey, listen, the guy's the guy's even a pretty guy. He's a model. I don't, 
you know, and and he, I don't think he, he another few shots wasn't going to do him any good. He like, didn't want to punch him in the face. Like, he wanted to end it, and I thought that, that when was he did it, amazing when he jumped on him and he and he, yeah. and he submitted him. I'm like, he really is trying to do it humanely because he knows yeah. he's got him. That's that was uh, awesome. That but that shows you. I mean, to have confidence that, to have that much control and belief in your technique. If a guy does that and goes for something sloppy, and he knows that guy's taking so many necks in training. It was almost just a choice of, all right, do I want to just sit here and beat this guy some more? I'm just going to take his neck. There's his neck. I got it. But a lot I mean, of guys would try to jump on you. I've seen guys that oh, once in a while where the guy is absolutely out. And, they, and I know you, you never know until the ref calls it, but you see guys that want to get in one more shot. No, that, yeah, it, it, it's, it's true, but, but the worst thing could, that could happen is the guy regaining his Oh, senses. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know what it's like when a guy, I mean, I when I hit Carol Parisian, I might hit Carol Parisian in the opening of our fight. With the first punch I threw, because he's a very aggressive guy, and I, I bring up that fight a lot because I learned a lot in that fight, and I, and I took a big beating in that fight. But when I rolled that rolled that that, that right hand, and uh, I, I never, I mean, I th everybody thought that fight was done, and I shot so much, <laughs> I wasted so much energy, I should say, uh, looking to put him away, and then that's the worst feeling because you because you get like a get adrenaline dump on it, right, know, on right, right, it, you know, and and not only that, when you're putting a guy away. You you're like, it's almost like I like I remember both with GSP and 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 Frank Trigg, like when I knocked down Frank Trigg, I seen him collapse, and then it was almost like, you ever see like like maybe like a cyborg like when they see like the the scope like Terminator yes. like I seen where his chin was like when he went down, I followed him and you'll see the punches that followed up they were directly on his chin like three. And then in a replay, I remember the replay watching it with Joe Rogan in the cage, and every punch that would hit, the audience would go, whoa, oh, oh. And, and then you do it until the ref jumps on you. you have because to, yeah. then, and then it's like a relief. It's like, oh, it's, and now it's, they're not restarting it. It's over. I did it. It's finished. You know? Um, but you're and, kind of in that zone, so a lot of times guys aren't just being vicious. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you know they're just I mean? jumping on it to finish yeah. the fight, and they know like because yeah. there are guys that do regain. Like you will see a guy that looks like he's out. Like yeah. for instance, Wonder Boy. Uh, a couple of different times yeah. I've watched him fight Tyron Woodley, and he looked like he was out. And man, if Tyron had backed off, I mean, he would have just jumped right back up. So you got, I guess, you got to pounce. It's you got to pounce. You have to. But pounce. that was amazing to watch him go down and submit him. Uh, and you're right. That was a confident thing. And I also thought he knew he could have really and, hurt him. And when you hear him in that post-fight press conference, you hear him talking about how this time he, you learn when you're in there. Every time you're in there, you learn. And he never felt so comfortable. And he felt the best he's ever felt in there. And it shows. I mean, wow. I mean, I listen. And I I can't say enough. I like his style standing up. Even Chris, the producer, was saying, like, it's almost that like that bouncy footwork a little bit like you see that little bounce in his step like like conor mcgregor he's with the same team you know what i mean so you see a little bit of that in there you know did you see arnold allen against uh how do you say maquan uh amir Khan. oh the english allen. kid the yeah. english kid versus um versus the, another guy from uh what was that kavanaugh's camp yeah straight blast yeah. yeah that was yeah. a great fight that was a great fight i was okay with the decision yeah yeah that english kid was tough what's his name again allen Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen. I, I thought he won too. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Know. I mean, you know, it was it was a it was it was a fun fight though. It was yeah. fun. You know, some loss of positions. Did you think they were what was it? They were I think a, uh, a round a piece until they got into the third. Am I am I remembering that crazy? My yeah. memory is getting. I'm getting older. My memory is kind of <laughs> shit. But I thought they were. Around I, a piece. I know. I know it was close. I know it was close. But I remember when it ended that I felt all right. 
he's got Allen's got that. Yeah, I you think know, should have. But it was fun. Where is this? And one? did they lose a fight? They lost two fights because uh, they lost uh, they lost Breeze against uh, how do you say Bam Gabozi? Uh, Bam, it's Bamboza. Bamboza, okay, well, way off. Um, and uh, and Twistle against Johns, uh, bantamweight and middleweight fight. Were both of them for weight cuts? I, I would have to assume so. I, yeah, I mean that's just. And they all, they had a catchweight fight too. Uh, uh, Vera Pickett was a a catchweight fight because of uh, uh, fucking uh, Briones dropping out. Right. And that, you know what's rough for about the same that? reason or no? Uh, I'm not sure. That was a. It was like on a week's notice. I'm not sure what it was. I oh, wonder yeah, yeah, if Marlon yeah. was was Marlon getting ready for something. Do we know? He looked like he was ready to fight. <laughs> right. Yeah. And people always say, "Oh man, this guy took it on one week's notice," and and it's true. It is. It's rough for that guy. But what an opportunity! It was rough him. for Pickett too, though, because you don't have time. You, exactly. You also don't have time that's, to train for him. And he's getting you know and putting everything into this fight camp about how to take this certain guy out with a certain style. And now you got now that does now. Yeah, you're in shape, you're trained, and uh, you got you got this guy in front of you. Some guys, that might not make a big deal. Some guys, it will. If you heard Gunnar Nelson, going back to that, he said he likes to feel it out in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, he says he doesn't really study his opponents that much. I mean, he said he's seen the guy fight once or so or something like that. I got to listen to it again exactly, but he did say that he really just concentrated on what he's going to do. Yeah. You know? I mean, I want he, maybe he is, or maybe that's just a strategy. Or maybe he doesn't like to psych himself out. Someone said they said when you walk by George Foreman hitting the heavy bag, and he would dent the heavy there bag. There was a clip of that recently somewhere. That from, I did. It's from when we were kings, the Ali uh, Foreman Rumble, uh, Rumble in the Jungle documentary about yeah. the Zaire fight in 74. But again, maybe they hitting that bag. They said Ali, as much shit as Ali would talk, when you walk by, he didn't watch Foreman hitting that bag because you did not want to see a guy denting the biggest right. heavyweight bag with his fists and then know that those, those are your ribs. So sometimes no, I think some can... guys might know that, like, you know what? I don't want to know. I'll just go in there and fight this motherfucker and feel and, and you, go on. You, you could definitely get, you know, I'm not gonna say intimidated, but stuff could could haunt you. Stuff could say, "Hey, man, this this I don't want to be that guy." Uh, and how do you say uh, Diakis uh, or Diakis? How do you say his name? Dikazi. Dikazi. I'm really Holy. bad with names. How, how are you so good with these names? You're great with them. Um, I just try to listen to what you know. I watched. But I wouldn't remember. Fights, I heard so. it, and I said Packalin, right? The other guy. Yeah, Packalin. Yeah, that I just was try a to tremendous. Remember. It's Mark Dekazy. Yes, correct. Uh, and that's his debut. Thirty seconds into the that's first his debut round. in the UFC. No, I'm, he I is undefeated, though. Am I correct? Give yes. me his record. I'll get it. I believe it's. Hold on. I want to know. Who am he, I remembering eleven and zero wrong? Who he fought? Who did he fight? Too? I probably am. He fought uh, Timo no, Packalin. No, no, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, he's twelve and zero now. Twelve and zero. Okay, so he was eleven and zero. And, and how many fights? In how the do UFC? I remember that? But I can't say his fucking name. <laughs> I'm He's, lost. I'm like Raymond with numbers, but when it comes to a name, I'm like, who are you, Matt Sierra? By yeah. the way, they spelled your name wrong in the end of my fucking special. I really? I thank you, Matt Sierra. S E R A. Matt Sierra. What'd you thank me for? Just I appreciate it. Being a pal. Oh, you're a good guy, Jimmy. This is a damn love fest. Go ahead. He's three and zero in the UFC. Who did he fight prior? And how did it end? Lucas Sajewski, he knocked him out. He has a, a unanimous decision win over Frankie Perez, and he just... Oh, that's out. who fought Frankie Perez. That's right. Um, right. No, I'm going to get um, Brad Pickett on the phone right now. All right. Yeah, let's get Brad Pickett on the phone. We'll see. He's really... Uh, that was a tremendous press conference. After, or not press yes. conference. Uh, in the oh, ring. Oh, in the ring. Yeah, yeah, it was emotional because the, uh, the other dude was a good dude. You know what I mean? Vera, yeah. Vera looked up to him, man. He did, and that was a really shocking... Uh, post-fight interview with Vera. So we'll talk to uh, 
talk to Brad Pickett right now and see how he's doing. Uh, that was a really, but it was a really shocking way for that fight to end. But I think it almost is like, yeah. And then you kind of realize like. And yeah. I want to see what's next with that Dekazy. Holy crap! Not to get off that so quick. I mean, that the, that Mark Dekazy. That was really. He looked good. He looked really good. You're listening to UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports UFC Unfiltered. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust who has your best interest in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com slash unfiltered. That's Q-U-I-C-K-E-N loans.com slash unfiltered. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Oh, hello. We have uh, Brad on the line. You do. Hey, buddy. You're talking to uh, Matt Sarah and Jim Norton. How are you? Yeah, Brad. I'm fine, thank you. How's it going, guys? You all right? Good. Congratulations on a, a really awesome career. And and even though the fight didn't, uh, you didn't win the fight. A tremendous amount of respect from the fans and the uh, the announcers and from your uh, your opponent. That was really really moving, man. I, I hope you really drank all that in as it was happening. I did. For me, it was amazing. And to be honest, it was like the outcome of the fight didn't really matter. It was the journey to that day and, and you know, celebrating in a way. I mean, not, I mean my whole career, you know, it's, it's been a tremendous thing. I owe everything to this sport. And, it, it, yeah, I, I loved every minute of it, you know. Obviously, the fight didn't go my way. I'm guided without that. But like I said, it's just a typical... Brad Pickett kind of uh, way, I went out on my shield. Yeah, you're a fr- pretty savage guy. And you were winning, I thought, the first two rounds. And uh, it was weird after the fight, too, because, uh, you know, he caught you, and that it just happens, I'm sure. It's one of those things. But I've never seen in a post-fight interview uh, Marlon Vera watching him talk about you and getting very emotional. I've never seen the guy who beat the legend, being so emotional about it. It was really great to see. And I, do you, were you aware that you had that kind of influence on other fighters? No, not really. I mean, I, to be honest, I didn't realize how uh, this amount of um, kind of impact on, on the sport in general. I know I had some, don't get me wrong, but just the, the amount of messages I've been receiving it's just by by people. It's just been a crazy amount, and I'm one of those guys. If people know me, I, I'm I'm still going through them now. I, I take my time. I, I read every message that's sent to me, and I reply to everyone. But it is taking my time. But you know, I've got nothing else, nothing else to do anymore. So uh, I definitely miss it when it's gone. But you know, I'm getting through these messages. It's taking its time, and, and um, man, it's, it's like I say, it's been very very humbling, and I didn't have any idea. That is the biggest much. Let me ask you, Brad. Tell me about. And first of all, it's very deserving because anytime I see you on a card, I'm like, all right, cool. That's going to be an exciting fight. Yeah. I don't even care who you're fighting. I'm like, all right, cool. Brad Pickett's fighting. That's going to be fun. And then I just look on to the next one because I know you're a given. It's a given that you're going to be entertaining. So, uh, 
that's awesome, and, and it's so so well deserving. But let me ask you the new the, the newspaper coming out. Where do you get that shtick from, and what is that? Are you is there anything in there that you're looking at, like, or you're just messing around, or is that just your shtick? Tell me about that. What it is is because if people uh, know, know me, I, I'm a I'm a I'm genuine normal guy. I come from a working class background, and. In in England, when you go to work on, on the underground stuff, you get the paper and you go to work. You know yeah. that's where this paper thing came for me. It's just me going to work. I'm on my way to my work, and like ah. in the old school days, if you could clock in at the at the cage and punch in your your work card, I'll do the same thing and go in. I mean, I I've been fine for years, and, I, and I'm not. I'm not one to say I'm a violent guy. I do a violent sport, correct? But I've never ever fought throughout my career, ever hating any of my opponents ever. I mean, like, that's never never been the way. I've never had any animosity towards an opponent. Like, I've always said this, I, I fight because I, not though I hate what's in front of me, I fight because I love what's behind me. How much How much did you enjoy that walkout? Because it really, I seen you looking yeah. at the paper, and then, I, then you felt the energy. It, you felt it. I felt it watching it, like the love you were getting. And then it looks it looks like you felt it too. You look like you got really happy and you enjoyed the hell out of it. Was it how enjoyable was that walkout? It, it was amazing, isn't it? And, and that's one of those things. My body won't miss the sport, but I would definitely miss that. I mean, the, the interaction with the fans. And don't get me wrong, I'm not dead. I will get <laughs> some more interaction with fans and stuff. But it's kind of yeah, it, it, it is overwhelming the support I've got from the fans and that walk was electrifying and it was no mistake basically it wasn't just by chance that I retired in my hometown I had it in my head for a long long time because uh, one of my this is one of the things one of, one of really good friends of mine you know Mike, Mike, Mike Brown great coach was a tremendous fighter throughout his career and he retired and he just kind of just done it quietly and some people are like that you know and I was trying to tell him no mate just have one more fight <laughs> and now it's your retirement so we can celebrate it and, 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 and like you know give you a send up that you deserve for your tremendous career and he chose not to and, I, and, I, and that's when I said in my head no I'm going to give it to my, I deserve it myself to have a proper send off and I'm going to do it that way and I'm, and now I'm so glad I did you know it is it was literally, it was like getting married again. I had an amazing, amazing wedding. It was like kind of that sort of feeling where it, it felt, even though there were so many other fires on the card, it felt like that night was for me. It was your it night. Was and, and let me ask you about it too, because you, you went out in a way like Uriah Faber. Hometown, um, everyone knew beforehand. It wasn't like, oh God, he looks terrible. He's got to retire. He makes a decision after. Everyone knew, win, lose, or draw. Uriah was done. Hometown fight. You're done. Hometown fight. And you were his final fight um so you were the guy yeah. that he had to uh uh had to fight and uh, did that inspire you at all like yeah i'm gonna do this in my hometown i mean you must have seen the response that he got and the way he felt when he was done yeah it was amazing it was, to be honest in sports in general uh but in this sport definitely not many people retire gracefully normally right. it's either through uh, a really bad injury or or, or just a, a lack of performances and then getting cut so not many people get to retire on their own terms yes you right did and i did but it was all in my head before that for me it, i made the decision i nearly i nearly retired this time last year when i fought rivera in um 
in our one by decision. If I'd have lost that part, I was going to hang my gloves up then. Just because, like I say, I always said I never was in the sport just to make up numbers. I was in the sport to see how far I could go up. And when I start seeing myself going down, and then I'm thinking wrong, you can go down and come back up. But when I can see my consistently going down, down, I'm like, okay, I'm done. You know, there's other ways I could earn money. You know, I, I, so competition always kept me hungry. And, and, and like, yeah, so in my head, I was going to retire that night. I, I was, I wasn't ready to be honest. And I was so grateful I won that fight. And I was like, yes, I'd stay in my dream job for longer and do this longer. But then, for me, when it all changed in my head is when I, when I was getting ready for Yuri Alcantara, I was supposed to fight him in a, well, supposed to, actually, I was supposed to fight Henry Bionis again, but he pulled out. And then they changed it to Yuri Alcantara. I didn't really like the matchup, to be honest, but, but it's like, well, I, you know, they offered me four other guys, and I said yes to all of them, but they all said no. Uh, and then you, they said, well, about Yuri Alcantara? I was like, okay, fine, I'll fight him. You know, I just wanted to fight, basically. Um, so I said I didn't like the match, but... I was supposed to fight in September, then a fight got put back to October, and he had the worst training camp of my life. I, I, to be honest, I just really hated it. I was away from my family for such a long time, uh, and the Southpaw thing really, really annoyed me. Uh, <laughs> and then when it came when it came to the fight night, uh, and I fought, and then I've lost fights before. Don't get me wrong, but when I fought him, I lost without doing anything, and I just fought. And for all this time I put in for that, it just sucks so bad. And it really, really just, just like, really, like I'm, I'm done with this sport. And I, that was it. In my, head, my, my, in my head, I said, right, next time I go to, to London, which will be in March, I'm going to retire then. But then this Uriah thing came up in between, and I was like, I can't miss, up, miss out on this opportunity. And I took it, and then it was his retirement fight, and... Yes, a bit. So it wasn't actually a coincidence. It was a, I mean, it was a coincidence that he was retiring. Sure. Well, Brad, and you mentioned too, you're, uh, you said that when your skills start, start, you feel that they're not what they were. You, and you were winning the fight. You look great, dude. You were winning the fight 2 nothing, and he did catch you. But the fact that you said something interesting about like the younger me would have just jumped back up. So did that in a way, even though it's not kind of what you wanted, like you said, the fairytale ending, does that in a way reaffirm like, hey, man, I, look, I, went, I lost the fight, but you look great. You looked strong, but does that reaffirm your decision? Like, yeah, man, it's, it's getting to that point where it's probably the smart move. Yeah, 100%. I, think, cause, I mean, like, no, no disrespect to Chi, uh, um, Martin uh, Vera. Yeah, Vera. For me, personally, I think technically I'm a better fighter than him, you know, all round, you know. Uh, he's, he's a good, talented fighter, but for me, he's a fight I was winning. I, 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 I felt comfortable in the fight. But I got caught, I mean, I got hit, and like I said, I really genuinely think this, the old me would have just, I wouldn't even fell to the floor, I would have ate that and just carried on going forward. But I, I've been getting dropped quite, it's not in flyweight, don't get me wrong, because I don't hit hard enough down there, but when, I was, when I'm in bantamweight, I, 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 was, I got dropped, to, uh, when I came back up, I got dropped, by, uh, knocked out by um, Thomas Almeida, and then my next fight, I fought, Rivera, I got dropped by him, but I won that fight. And then I fought Uri Akinjar, I got dropped by him. Then I fought Uri Faber. In, in my eyes, it doesn't really hit hard, but I still got dropped by him. So I'm not thinking, man, my fight style, I rely on taking punishment. And, and when I can't absorb it like I used to, sure. this is not helping me out. And, and like I say, I, it was a fight I was winning, and it showed that I got caught, I got hit, and I dropped. And, and, and uh, yeah, it sucked. You know, I honestly still to this day 
believe that I, I would have been all right, you know, because it, uh, it happens to me a lot. And you saw with me, Uriah got dropped pretty bad, but, yeah. you know, it's just part of me. Uh, for me, I wish they would have let me continue because I still still believe I would have gone on and win that fight. But the referee's got a job to do, and it is what it is, you know. But, uh, yeah, I'll move on to the next chapter now. Well, let's talk about, well, first of all, no no question that you're a warrior. Everybody everybody knows and respects that. Let's talk about the uh, the next chapter, man, what you got lined up. Are you going to take a page out of your buddy Mike Brown's book, and you're going to be a, a full-time trainer? I mean, what, what's what's next for you, bro? Well, this sport is, you know, means the world to me. It's helped me. Like, when I first started, and you know this, Frank, as well, it wasn't really a career back in those days. You just earn a bit of money here and there. And like people like yourself and me have carved a career out of this now. And obviously now you're doing well outside this. And yes, I'd love to go on and do, I definitely the other sport. I'll definitely stay within the sport. I love coaching. I still I coach now anyway um, in my gym where I train out in London. But I'm actually going to open my own gym in South London because the gym where I train is North London. It's too far me way too far for me to travel uh, so I'm going to open my own uh, gym in South London I, I want to do a, a GBTT Great British Top Team uh, affiliate with American Top Team and uh, uh, yeah, definitely go into coaching and I'll do other things I also run my uh, I've been running my own fire promotion um, and this is one thing that I kind of felt tricky because when I was getting to the, the like the, the lesser stages of my career, I knew I had to be smart and plant seeds and start doing things, you know, outside of just fighting to get the retirement ready sort of thing. And it got to the stage where sometimes I, I felt I was doing too much, you know, and I couldn't concentrate on being a fighter. I was doing this, doing that, and being a dad, and and, and there's a bit too much going on. So I had put everything on hold because I got my own fight show called Rise of Champions, which is a really good fight show for grassroots you know, young uh, athletes coming through, uh, and I used my knowledge of, of my, creating a really good show there. But it was really hard to run a show while training and, and all this sort of stuff. So I put it on hold. But so now at the time, I'm definitely going to put the uh, bit more love and power into the show and make the show grow a bit more. And uh, yeah, and go into coaching. I've been in my own gym, and also, funny enough, I do my. Me and uh, I have a, a guy called uh, Brian Lacey, a comic. We do our own podcast because I like chatting loads of rubbish, and he's quite funny to do it with. Oh, that's uh, great, man. Uh, yeah, so I have my own podcast called The One Punch Podcast on iTunes if people want to listen in. And let me ask you too, Brad. This is curious because you guys, again, we, I keep talking about that ending moment because it was one of the most memorable uh, you know, in, in the ring after the fight moments I've ever seen. And and not just him being emotional, but you guys were very affectionate with each other and you, and you spoke quite a bit. What, what did he initially say to you when he leaned in? He, he said, I mean, like, to me, people don't really, not a lot of people don't see the respect we have for each other. And we know each other's stories as well. And, and I'm too much of a nice guy. I was so happy in a way that he got a bonus. Uh, uh, not only that he, I'm quite glad he, I'm happy he won, you know, and also I'm happy that he got a performance bonus because I know he's had a lot of trouble with his daughter has been very ill and, and medical bills and stuff like that. So I was just thinking, brilliant, hats off to him. Now he could really help even struggle, you know, uh, with the bills and stuff like that. That's just really helped him out. Um, and yeah, and he had a lot of respect for me. Like, he was saying, you know, how he used to watch me when I, when I, when I fought Demetrius Johnson back in the WC, and that inspired him to, to go on and train and fight. And, and that was weird, because I'm thinking, 
that didn't seem that long ago. But it was. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it's actually quite quite weird. But we have a. I have. A, like I say, I always have a lot of respect to everyone I fight, and uh, I love the fight game. It's brought. He's brought me closer to so many people and uh, I met so many great friends. And, and like I said, this sport has helped me provide my family for many years. And hopefully this sport, uh, this sport in some way would help me still provide for my family in years to come. Well, Brad, you're, you're a tremendous guy and, and you did so much for, uh, for British MMA and for MMA in general. And before we let you go, uh, and of course, we're going to plug your podcast again. What is uh, now Michael Bisping? Uh, a tremendously successful uh, British fighter who's literally one of my favorite people because he really talks a lot of shit and he's unafraid. Uh, do you have a relationship? <laughs> he's really, he's great. Do you have a relationship with Mike Little? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a relationship with everyone, everyone that I've ever met, you know, and yeah, I get on with Mike very well. Uh, to be honest, I'm definitely the guy I don't get on with, you know, but yeah, I, I get on with him. He, he's, he's a nice guy and he's a true pioneer of British, British MMA and, uh, yeah, I'm so happy for him that he, he in the, for me, he had the fairy tale ending with getting a belt sure. toward the end of his long career. With me, I'm a bit more like real life. It doesn't always work out that way. That's right. I, 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 my, my, my wasn't a fairy tale ending, but mine is real life. And uh, as you, and, and last question is on your way out of the octagon. I was wondering this. You stood there. You really took it in a little bit. What were you thinking? Like when you're doing this, are you thinking this is the last time I'm going to walk down these steps? Is that what, what's going through your mind as you're walking out of that octagon for the last time? Yeah, it was, it was strange. It was this moment as the picture because what I did, I decided to leave my hat in the middle of the octagon when I, when I left. That's right. And I did that. Uh, and I, I, I'll be honest. I like to tell you exactly what I was thinking, but I don't know. I was so emotional, man. I win, I honestly, win, lose, draw, whatever, there would have been a lot of tears for me. You know, I'm a very emotional guy. I always have been. I even cried watching Lion King, you know, back in the day. So. <laughs> yes. So I, 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 I'm an emotional guy, so I knew I would find it really hard to hold it all in. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just, yeah, I, I, I miss the, kind of like the love and the respect that, that the sport can can give you, you know. Obviously, this, this sport can also, the media and that can eat you up, but also it can, uh, depending on how you use it, it, you can feed off of it a lot. And, you know, I, I just made me smile so much for many years. Sure. You know, and uh, I, I say, it's one of those ones, it's weird. It's like when someone, kind of like the reception I've got was, was if someone had died, and everyone's paying their tribute. So it, for me, right. it's the best thing ever. It's like it's like as if I died. I'm still alive, so I can see. Because so many people I didn't realize who cared. I get to see. I mean, if I had died, they would all say the same things. But nah, but you alive, wouldn't hear I, it. I could, I, I could hear it. So it, it was a weird, really weird, strange thing. So I'm really grateful for everyone who's been sending me these messages. And like I said, I read every single one of them. That's awesome because you got like a wake and everybody can see. I'm actually faking my own death just to see if people like me. It's really, I have no way. <laughs> That's, I never heard it put like that. That, yes. is, that is actually really cool that you put it that way because uh – I, I that that that's very interesting, right, Jimmy? I, I, I yeah, that's a real, like that. it, it, that's, that's exa- when you retire from something that people love you in so much, yeah. and you go out and, and and you make your own decision. People say all this great stuff, and you get to hear it and see it and read it. What is your podcast called, man? I'm sure people will check it out for you. You're a very popular guy, and has it started already? It started. I, I, I mean, uh, Brian, it was probably about ten episodes deep. Okay, no, great. It's been 
It's called the One Punch Podcast, uh, and it's on iTunes. And I don't know where the one is for the Android, but it's on every, all, all platforms. You can download it. Okay, well, go out and I'd check actually, out. I'm actually going to going to be recording my next one tomorrow. So if anyone wants to send over any questions, send over questions. I, I, I guess uh, and I'll answer all of them. That's what I'm like. All right. Well, you're you're a good guy, man, and I'm happy for you that you went out uh, in your hometown. And you had a tremendous career, and I'm sure you're going to have a tremendous uh, uh, post-career life. And uh, thank you so much for talking to us, man. It was, it was an honor to talk to you. No problem at all. It was an honor speaking to you guys, and thanks for having me on. Okay, yeah. the great Brad Pickett. Thank you, Brad. Take care. All right, Brad. Thanks, Take guys. care, buddy. Bye-bye. And by the way, I think I said, by the way, I said Brandon Vera. I don't know why I did that. I realized I kept saying that watching the fight. The he's only the thing fight. I could think yeah. of. Brandon, he's, okay, I'm just mixing them up. Yeah, yeah but, he's a fighter. Yeah, but a... I mean, I, no, it's Marlon Vera is the guy who he fought. Yeah, yeah. But well, I kept that's, saying that's Brandon. Okay. Yeah, but it's annoying that I did Every that. Every time I used to bring up Rory McDonald, I'd bring up Rory Markham, another UFC fighter that fought ages ago. I'd bring up, uh, I, when I, 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 oh boy, I almost fucking bombed with a joke and Wait, I spun uh, out oh, of it. Oh, please. I, Could you get the car crash thing ready? Can we get Let's some get sound effects involved here? We need sound effects. It's funny you said about that thing about uh, emotional thing. Do you find yourself getting more uh, emotional as you get older, Matt? Oh no, I'm what you call a crybaby. No, seriously, but I'm were you, not but were you always? Yes, I, I. Yes, you know, it's one of the few things about myself I like, besides my obvious body. I like the fact that I feel emotion during sad films, or during other things, because I can be very disconnected, and you start to feel like, am I fucking? Is there something wrong with me? And the yeah. fact that I cry watching things, I cried watching that press conference a little bit. I was like tearing. I oh, watch yeah? Weird, yeah weird shows of emotion make me feel like, oh, that's nice, that's yeah. beautiful. I'm so happy that's happening. So I don't mind that about. Me. I'm like most like a lot of guys are like, <laughs> they get all fucked up. I don't care if you see me cry. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's not my. They get all fucked up like they try to hold it back. Yeah, and to me, it's a healthy relief. It's almost mm. like I've said enough barbaric stuff in my career. Yeah, I don't need to prove. Anything I've said horrible things. Yeah. I've made fun of every disease and manner of death possible. Yeah. I've wished them all on myself and my friends. So I've said such horrible things. So the fact I have that is kind of. But yeah. it's a good. It's good because people who don't cry. Fucking Anthony, crazy Anthony, my old friend. He hasn't cried since 1995 when his dad died. He's, Anthony, he's insane. Call me. Really? He's insane. Why is that? Because he's a fucking crazy. Person. Are you sure he doesn't cry by himself? Sometimes? He should. I've told him that. <laughs> if he doesn't cry, if he doesn't let us know, he should. That bastard. But yeah, Anthony told me he hasn't cried. He's a tremendously, uh, he has tremendous willpower to not yeah. cry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, well, I don't know. I come on, you cry when it comes to your kids. You let bad, it out once in a while. Bad, you do? Dude. When's the last time no, you cried? No, not bad. Oh, God. When's Listen, the last time? My, uh, what happened? My, well, let me see. It's probably a nice thing, right? No, it, dude, it's, it's, it's always it's, nice I don't thing. know if it's because I'm getting older, because I don't think I was like this when I was younger. I really don't. Well, I was always emotional, but not. Well, let me not ask like that. Like my, all right, how about this? What? This was bad. Like my, uh, just the other day, my my daughter's um, uh, dance. She does, they do dance competition, right? Right. So when I get back home from uh, from from here, you know, I usually get I usually leave from the academy because I got to get my jujitsu in. I'm one of my students or so my buddies. They drop me off at the train, then they pick me up also, and I'm back at the academy and whatever else. So um, pool guy, one of my black belts, okay, you know. He picks me up and uh, and we're getting back and then I'm looking on Facebook and I see a thing, a picture of my daughter Angelina. Like my wife must have put it on Facebook. She doesn't warn me before she does this shit. So I see it for the first time when I'm driving. He's driving me back. And then uh, it's funny because it says, uh, it was a beautiful picture of her doing, a, I'll show you the picture after, her doing like a jumping move in, um, in her competition. And my wife said something like, uh, 
I'm so proud of the. Uh, <laughs> uh, what she said. I'm so proud of what? <laughs> I don't know. She said, "I'm so proud of the the person that she's becoming." And stuff like that. So it was good. Dude, look at this. is sad. It's very look at, sweet. Look at this. is pathetic. Who doesn't? That's not pathetic. Who doesn't no, like? Who doesn't like pathetic. Matt Sarah, who is a bonafide killer? <laughs> if I cry like that, it's pathetic because I'm a I'm a wimp. Shit. Fucking Matt's bad. getting a little choked up. Can it's we talk nice. about something. Let's go back to fighting in the cage, please. No, I enjoy this because it's not. You know, here's what <sighs> I mean. you you said at times you had a bad temper, like when you fight. A lot of times, anger, being angry, yeah. it's, it's just a cover up because it's, it's break. Yeah, good. Bring it back to something. Sensitive people. But dude, I see this. Listen, I can't see this for the first time when I'm. Uh, like, she has to warn me before she puts the. Because I see a picture, like, oh, and the picture alone could make me, could make you sure. tear up because it's a beautiful thing. And then when my wife wrote that. It's just like, oh, then. So they fucking my buddy pool guy's driving. And he's just like, hey, uh, you're right there, boss. Like, wait, dude, just, I go, just, just drive, pool guy. You should, you should. I had my glasses on though, but he could tell him wiping stuff. It's just not. If cool. he said what's wrong, you should say, ah, you know, Jim Norton sent yeah. me a nice message. I go, ah, <laughs> why are you crying? I go, ah, Jim sent another cockpit. I want him to stop. <laughs> I know, but so he thought I was getting harassed. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, stuff like that. I don't know why it gets me. It gets me. It get, just gets you. It it's just, nice. it just, it's, you know, you're, you're a dad. Yeah, I'm a dad. You know. A lot, of, a lot of tough guys. I noticed this. A lot of yeah. tough guys get very uh, yeah. mushy with their kids and yeah, emotional. Because right? other other places in life, you don't like the place. The place where when if a fight broke out, where I would cower, yeah. and that's where my fear would come out. Like you, you have the ability to have this yeah. fucking this anger happen for you, which is good. So it's got to come out. Some. Hey man, listen. Am I making sense? Of course. Between that and getting my jujitsu in, and let's switch gears. I heard. My my students heard um, Joe Rogan give quite a plug of uh, of me back in the day, and I was so I was it was real. That was another thing. He did was touching. I wasn't crying about that, but I was like, whoa, man! So all my friends, they my students, they uh, pool guy actually, he, he works with me. He took that clip of Joe talking about me back in the day, rolling or something, competing in jujitsu, and he and it's good for business. He put that all over like the the Facebook and this and that. And that was kind of cool. Yeah, it well it makes my students all proud. Well, so Rogan loves you, that's man. That's nice. No, listen, we well, Joe Rogan talk about an old school dude. I mean, that guy's been involved with the UFC from Long back in. I mean, time. he's he's like you know. I mean, nobody knows more than him with with uh, with as far as the fights goes. You know, I mean, he's been a fan from day one. But uh, yeah, so I mean, he's followed like we like he. I know him for a long time, so that was that was interesting that uh, you know that he brought that up, and it was nice. It was yeah. very nice. And I got and I got to be honest with UFC. I watched the, uh, uh, let me get the name right, because I always fuck up names. I'm so bad. I don't watch boxing. I told you the only boxing match Louis C.K. took me to a year ago in December. It was Gennady Golovkin against, yeah. I forget, Canelo. Maybe was that who he's fucking? I don't know. I don't, maybe he haven't fought. I'm not a big boxing fan. Yeah. But uh, he fought Daniel Jacobs. Um, went the distance, and Golovkin did squeeze out the victory. He had a 23 knockout streak ended, but he did win the fight. This was what now? This was uh, the other night in the garden. Oh. Saturday night. And uh, boxing match, and what he won? Gennady Golovkin won. He's a tremendous. He's a boring mm -hmm. guy though, because he's such a nice guy. He's quiet. He's yeah. like, how's, and how's his fighting? Boring? Fuck it. What? Nice. No, I mean, twenty three straight knockouts. Well, I mean, this was not a knockout because this other guy was outweighed him by ten pounds, oh, and uh, they did some rehydration. Doing, I but I, I gotta say this about boxing. It was not. I just fucking UFC has ruined boxing, and it isn't that I don't like. We respect boxers. What they do is amazing. Yeah, Golovkin's a tremendous fighter. I, I, him, I'll watch. 
But first of all, the three minute rounds, I know, look, for me, I do a 30 seconds on the Versa climber and I want to shit my pants. I get it. But a five minute round, I watch these five minute rounds. I'm watching three minutes and I'm like, come on, you got no time, Golovkin. Did you have a minute left? Listen, the they fi- go by so quickly. Let me just throw this at you and, and tell me if you relate to it. One of the fights that's known as one of the best of all time is is um, Hagler Hearns. Oh, did you ever see that? Yeah, of course, I saw it live. Now I know the sweet science, sweet science, and oh, this and that. You just don't understand. And and uh, we had Phoenix on here. She's like, well, you with me, I like when Mayweather. You know, I I like when he doesn't get hit. That's as much exciting as when he hits him. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> but I don't worry. But but do I? That fight's that fight will be going down in history like the test of time. Like that's gonna people are gonna always love that fight. Yes. That was a and it was a brawl. That was a brawl. And uh, and I'm not saying UFCs are just brawls. They're technical brawls. I mean it, but that fight was a that fight was a, that fight was one of my favorite fights. It was ever. amazing, but I'll tell you, you know? one thing, and they don't have the names of it, but you tell me Mark Hunt, Bigfoot Silva, that first fight, yeah. I'll take that but, over any boxing match I've ever seen. Yeah, but there's a lot of but I'll take the majority of some I mean I the mixed martial art fights probably because there's there's a lot of different aspects to it than besides your left hand and your right hand. You know what I mean? There's so many different ways a guy could win and they could win out of nowhere compared to a boxer that's really down and out and then he comes back to get that win and knocking a guy out. That's exciting. But it's not that all that common. It really isn't. Yeah. It's And I mean, the days of boxing that I used to watch, would, well, I mean, obviously there's Mike Tyson. That's that's a given. Yeah. But even Arturo Gotti versus Mickey Ward, when's the last time you've seen some of those fights? I, I don't know. I, I Unless I'm just not paying attention. I'm not really watching it too much. But, they were, uh, they, but there was some good... Like, look, yeah. George Foreman against Ali, the rope-a-dope in 74. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's an amazing yeah. exercise in strategy and yeah. the ability to take oh, a punch in psychology. Or for, even though Frazier got destroyed by Foreman in two rounds, yeah. watching that and, and Coward Cosell, down yeah. goes Frazier, like... I mean, that's some of the best moments in combat sports ever. In all sports. Oh, yeah. Watching him beat. He hit Joe Frazier so hard, like almost in the back of his head. Joe Frazier skipped away. Like it was a yeah. weird like run. Like He ran away the way I would. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. I, I used to love Joe Frazier too. Oh, but Foreman I prefer because he was just a, a oh, Foreman? phenomenal Foreman murderer. Is, I like the way Foreman came back at 40 and just... It's almost like he's in that big shell and it's like he was so much more composed. Oh, he was lovely as Even ever. though he wasn't the... And he's still obviously powerful and stuff, but back when he was younger, he was like a, a experiment. It looked like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then when he's older, he doesn't look the part because he's a little chubby and this and that. But man, he just had such composure. And and uh, when he beat Michael Moore that time for the title, that was a beautiful thing. You know who he reminded me of when he hit Jimmy Manoa? Oh, oh, fuck we didn't even the talk about Segway that yet. kid. That was really good. Dana calls me sometimes. And he'll just go, "God damn, do you segue well?" And then he just hangs off. That's it. You're like, like, thanks. Eh, thanks, boss. Hey, listen. What a fucking. I, you know, I was, I, was, I was rooting in a way for Corey Anderson because, you know, you got to root for your home, I know, home country. I know. God. Like, I thought you were going to say for your homeboy. I was going to say that's fucking wrong. No, we never say that. Oh, okay, I don't good. say homeboy. I'm too old. All right, good. My but crossing anyway. my legs right now. I, I look like I'm on Masterpiece Theater. I got my leg crossed over. <laughs> we're going to be reviewing The King and I. I really am I know, a fucking I know, phony. Uh, I know Corey. He trains with a really close friend of mine, yeah. Cardo Almeida, and. Um, and uh, Mark Henry, so you know, obviously, I was, I was, you know, hoping he'd do well, and uh, he handled it really well. The defeat, oh he handled God. it great. But I'll tell you, that Jimmy Manuel, man, look at that! It was basically just a one punch, boom, a big left, and he was just it waiting was so, for the ahead, punch. He was so, waiting for the punch. So well timed. You knew something was coming. You knew either a punch, a flurry. Of course, you didn't know what, and it was just such a, such an accurate shot. 
so very impressive. And, and listen, Corey just had a battle with but uh, with Shogun not long ago. I mean, he he's, he's he's a gamer. He lost, but it was a good fight. You know what I mean? So Corey is is not a guy that people just blow through, but he just and he he did and he did it with uh, in magnificent uh, fashion. Well, he when you when you, when you were watching uh, 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 Corey, I mean, he was moving a lot. He was uh, you know he was faking like you know yeah. shooting. I mean, he looked like he was really ready to keep moving, but wow. it was almost menacing. The way Manuel was throwing nothing, like he, you knew he was loading he up. He stalked him, and then he and just he caught just him. Stalked him down and just and just what an accurate shot! Wow. Didn't he kind of get caught the same way Verdum did, going away from uh, yeah. Miocic, kind of like just backing up and then just he almost backed up right into that left hook. I mean, that was a tremendous shot, a one-shot punch as he was and moving away. Mark Hunt kind of walk off after that. Yes, you know, that he knew he knocked off. him out. Oh, I, was... But again, I like when they know that. Like when you knock a guy out that much and they know it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that was a bad. He, that was uh, that was there was no early stoppage on that. I mean, we, I mean, you no, know, you knew it was over right away. No, he could have come back in two hours wow. and he still would have been relaxing there. Uh, Manoa, <laughs> he did say, and I don't know if I believe he said I'm not interested in John Jones. He said, no, I don't know about this. He said John Jones takes steroids. And he's been banned for steroids. That's bullshit. I don't think John got banned for steroids. Yeah. Uh, it was a fucking dick pill, which, hey, you know, John and I have a lot. It's the only thing John Jones and I have in common. What's that? We both take dick pills. Cock pills. That's the only thing. Finally, Ooh. if I see John Jones, I could fist bump and go, I hear you. And we <laughs> both understand. Dude, I'll pop him down like Skittles. I'm going to have a fun time with my wife later. I've taken more I'm dick sorry, pills than John ahead. Jones because I'm older than him. There's no way yeah. he's taken as many dick pills as I have. It's yeah. an impossibility. What's your um, favorite? Oh, uh, so Peter. No, I'm kidding. That makes you dick soft. I, I take... Does uh, it? Oh, boy. They give it to you in jail. Cialis. Uh, before, I was a big fan of John Jones. The things he's done in the octagon and everything, but he's been suspended for a year or something, and he's had issues before. All right, he fucked up. He's a great fighter. I greatly respect him, but he's been banned for steroids. That's not true. And uh, that taints everything he's done. That's also not true. So I'm really not interested. That's also not true. Of course, you're interested in fighting Jones. Stop it. You'd fight John Jones in a second. You're a tough guy. You're a great fighter. You're a hard puncher. Nobody wouldn't fight John Jones. Uh, when he comes back, I'll fight him, no problem. Okay, well, then you are interested in fighting him. But I'm focused on... I would not interested in fighting John Jones because he's not here. You know what that's like saying? I'm not interested in far, fucking Scarlett Johansson because she's not in this room. But if she's in this room, I'd fuck her. Well, then you're interested in fucking her. Uh, but I'm focused on the belt right now, and that's what's going to be the winner of DC and Rumble Johnson. First of all, correct, I want to see that fight in Buffalo. And... Um, but I don't think the winner is going to be fighting Manoa, although I think he certainly deserves a shot. But I think John Jones, when he comes back in July, if he comes back in July, gets the winner of that fight. I, I listen. But I didn't like when he said that about the steroids because Jones was, you know, it was a dick pill. And uh, my friend Jeff trains out there and he's close to all those guys. And when this first broke, he goes, dude, John is not known as a cheater. Yeah. He's just not. People, people might not like him, but they don't think of him as a cheater. Yeah. So we've been fucking team John Jones on this the whole time. Yeah, I was very no, relieved we, when it turned out to be we're that. We're going to have him in here sooner or later. I hope so. He likes us. I don't know if he does or not. I think he does. I can well, never tell about, with Jones hey, if he likes me. Hey, He's the well, one we, guy I just we don't seen know. We've seen him in Vegas. He was, well, maybe because he was definitely down and out. We were very cool with him. But Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, fucking over him. Couldn't have cared less. Hello, Alistair. Right out. Did he? Wait till I see him. I'll say nothing. <laughs> I'll say nothing. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Rover. Yeah, you're so funny. He's a frightening guy. He's Yo, a guy I've never spoken oh. to, and he looks like he's not easy to start a chat with. Yeah. Listen, we got enough friends. What am I reading here? Did you I listen? Did you? Did you? Uh, did you? Read? I got. Listen. I don't. I don't want to pick on this guy. Let's pick I'm on. Not, him. I'm not a bully. I am. But let me. Let Who? me. Let me. Uh, and we're going to play a clip. because I, I, oh, I, I, I told okay. Play, now listen, this is Matt Hughes talking about a possible return to fighting. Could you play this clip, please? Sure. What's next for you? If I could 
find an opponent that I think I could beat, I, I would go again. Stop it right there. Okay. Stop it right there. Yeah. Did you hear what he just said? If I found an opponent I could beat? Then I'll fight again. If he could, let's, uh, let me just repeat that again. If I could find an opponent that I could definitely beat, I would fight again. Can I, I say this? Again. That's one of the most, it may not be proper, but what an honest thing that is to say. Oh, there you what go, an honest, That's a way to go about Honest it. place of, this is how I feel about it. Like, even if he couldn't beat the guy, he's saying that in order for me to fight, I would have to know I could beat this guy. Which to me is like saying like, because you know most guys would go like, hey man, if they want to match me up, I'll match. But he's probably saying that there's a lot of guys he wouldn't take. If you look behind that, there's a lot of guys he wouldn't take. Then you shouldn't, then, then, then you're, you're looking, you're, that's the bully mentality that this dude is made up okay. of. Okay. This is, listen, and I, and Matt oh, how about this? How about people, comment. how about people saying, <laughs> well, say that to his face. Why don't you oh, fight him? Guess oh, what, everybody? Would. Guess what? I fought him. Yeah. I did fight him. Yes, you okay. Did. And people want, people ask me, oh, why don't you fight him again? Are you interested in fighting again? He's coming back. No, <laughs> I quenched that thirst. Jimmy, and if you look at that fight, he got his hand raised. Watch that fight. Hoop, I put him down. Oh, it was an accidental headbutt. No, dude, it was the right hand that came up behind it. I don't, and he can argue that all day long. Joe Rogan said headbutt because he's seen it. My head hit his chin, but what he was standing, what drops him is the right hand afterwards. So, you know, forget about that. I knocked him down. I threw him with a fucking three pointer, man, a five pointer. I don't know how it is with wrestling, but his feet went to the ceiling basically. When I got on top of him in the last how many seconds, I landed how many, a few right hands, which was better than he did the whole fucking fight. So when people are like, oh man, you just, uh, you know, whatever, you should fight him again. Dude, I stood with that. I fought that guy in a cage when that guy was saying he was going to beat me up. And he didn't want the ref to end it. He wanted me to just keep beating me up and make me think about what I said. So I already fought the guy. So I feel like I quenched that thirst. I, I really could care less. But my point is... Oh, you think that's a bully thing, though, when he's saying... Uh, you're, dude, I want. Uh, how about this? How would you feel if I said, Jimmy, I want to fight again, but I got to find somebody I could beat, though. I got to... What? What? It would be the kind of... What, the Jimmy? Kind of thing I would say. That yeah, that's the, the thing. That's what's honest. Dude, anymore. that's a bully. Yeah. A fight is going to say, you know what? How about this? It, see, I don't know. I... What excites me now is like, look, man, I'm going away with Dana again in a couple of days. Like, I, my, the next chapter of my life is very fun. Sure, I'm hanging out with you. You know how I feel about you. You love me. Give me a pound, Jim. I love you too, right, dude. I really do. I, we're gonna be friends forever. I think so. BFFFF. BFFFF. Anyway, I'm sorry. I know big something forever. I'm sure people are saying friends. I just, I'm having a good time now, but I'm not hating a guy. You want to fight, man? It's your life. Go for it, man. Fight again. But to say that you want to find a guy that you could definitely beat, dude, what the, I don't, I don't even know what to say about. Is it? Am I nuts? No. Am I nuts that that's Chris the producer? I'm not looking for a yes. Like, oh no, Matt, you got tell me how I got that. We wrong. both heard that differently, but you're taking. How did I much, hear that differently? Tell just me. because I don't know the guy, I have no, I have no investment. Well, in Matt Hughes, I don't know him. But, I have no feelings about him. So I. I so you hear it. that statement? What are you think he's saying? That. Um, but when you when you make this point, I can definitely I'm, say like, oh yeah, that makes sense. When I hear him say, I, if I could find a guy, I could definitely beat. I look at it like that was an honest thing to say. I'm not saying right, mm. but it was an honest insight. It's almost like. Um, you know, when you spit something out that doesn't make you look great, there is an honesty to it. Like because again, even if he knows he's not going to fight, if he had come out and said, because deep down, like in his mind, if he had said, "I got to find a guy I can beat," or "I'm not doing it," there are guys who feel that way. Before, but let me they tell don't you, say it. Let me tell you before I right? before I officially hung him up. You know, 
I was thinking about like doing one more and I was looking around. I'm thinking like it was more about not fighting a tough guy, not fighting a guy that I think I could take for sure. I wanted, I wanted a challenge. I'm like, but I wanted something to excite me. I wanted to look at something and be like, Ooh, that's a fight I'd want to see. So I'm thinking about, I'm like, man, who? And I thought of Sean Shirk at the time. And I'm like, Sean Shirk's a former champion around my height, powerful guy, very respected, but yet we never met. We never met in, in a fight. Sure. So I'm like, that would be a fight. Almost like when I got matched up, but I remember when Joe Silva called me after I got the loss to uh, Matt Hughes, the uh, decision loss to Matt Hughes. Uh, Joe Silva called me with uh, a fight. He goes, I got, what do you think of Frank Trigg? And right away I go, oh my God, I, that sounds, that to me, like when I see that lined up, it's like the street fighter when you see Blanca versus, ooh, that gets me excited. That's a comic book for me. Me versus that big bald bully. That's going to be great. I'm going to drill him. And uh, so that got me excited. That big bald bully. Yeah, man. And then he, then he comes up on fight night with hair, looking like a lemon. The guy, well, I'm like, oh, you don't look nearly as tough with hair. But anyway, so that kind of bummed me out. So that, that excited me. But then I'm thinking of all the guys that are coming up, and I'm like, it's not that they're tough. They're all tough. But they're just going to be almost, if I win, it's really, you know, I'm fighting a tough guy that doesn't have his name yet. And if he, he has everything to gain. But with a guy like Shirk, another guy that's been around. Yes. It was exciting for me. So I actually got his number through Joe Silva. And it was very respectful. I got in touch with him. And he was almost like, dude, like, what are you? And he's a little bit, and he's always been friendly. I like, I like Sean. Um, never, if I see him at stuff, I always go and I pay him respect. I like, he's a tough guy. Very sure. tough guy. You familiar with Sean Shirk? Yes. Very tough guy. But he's a little bit more. I always I can't get out of my head when I won the title. Like you see him going up to Matt Hughes. I, these things are, they say in a thing, and he's like putting them all because he's tight with Hughes a little bit. You know, they're both like Midwest guys. You know, I'm not hanging out with either one of them. Matter, you know, whatever. But uh, so he goes up to him and he's shaking. He's like, "Oh, that's your next fight." He's all excited for him. So you know, at that point, I was at the time. I'm like, "Yo, f you, right. whatever." So it's not like I want to be friends with him. But I got in touch with him, and I got him on the phone, and I'm like, "Yo, listen, man." I go. I want to. I want to approach you this first. I don't want to just start calling you out or anything. I'm not that guy. But what do you think for like a like a? Le- I mean, I'm looking. I'm almost done. I go we're around the same age, same height. They go, what do you think about having a me and you going at it? Like, would you want to? And he, you know, the guy's not afraid or anything. But he's like, oh, you know, I'm doing this stuff with. He's got different ventures he was into. Okay. And he wasn't really thinking about fighting anymore or whatever. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not a jerk. So I never. This is the first time I think I actually even brought this up. But. uh but that's what was, then I'm just like, whatever. Then I just started losing interest. Then other things came up and, you know, I'm like, I quenched my thirst of the cage. Yeah, you did what you had to do. You yeah. came back, you, again, a fairy tale ending. You won that title yeah. out, out of uh, oh, a house. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Listen, it's an anything, amazing story. Like I always it's like said, a story. like anything after me winning that title and whatever, I mean, anything after that, if I had the movie of my life would be just like in the in the credits after. Like, you know, like during like right before they show the credits, they show a little, all right, he won the title. The movie would end with me winning the title and then it would be like, oh, and then he went on to lose it. And then, and he had, oh, and then he's with Jimmy Norton. Oh, he's doing so well for himself. What a, something nice. I'd but, play a nice young man. I want to play Matt when he was younger. I want to play a young <laughs> Matt. You do look good, dude. I, I Listen, I've been pathetic with the eating. Oh, yeah, I want to play a young uh, Matt. I've been pathetic with the eating. Me too. I've been bad, Jimmy. I had a sandwich for the night. There's a, a oh. sand. You, I see. The, know what's no? Know, know the difference between me and Jimmy? Jimmy, you know what the difference is right now, and it's fucking pathetic. Yes, you fight it's, while I cower. <laughs> no, you, you, Jimmy cheating is. I had I had a carb after six. I had a sandwich. I mean, it, listen, that's good though. I'm not attacking you. No, my I had a pie of pizza. <laughs> I would love a pizza pie. 
I had a listen. I stopped yeah. by. It was, I had a rough day. I was running around, and then I'm like, "Yo, honey, you want me to bring up Pizza Supreme? This place on, on oh man, that's in Garden City. Oh, they they pizza. make this. They used to be in Roosevelt Field. I used to get to go to this place when I was a kid. And they're like, they make these special. Oh, we're going to end that. Oh, no, no, I'm, no, no, no. I'm looking because I can't believe it's an hour. <laughs> I'm bringing up the pizza. You're looking at the clock. No, is it boring? No, it's, it's actually just the opposite. I'm, I can't believe we've been talking for an hour. Oh, dude, this is great. We can talk all day. Where are you going after this, by the way? I'm going home. Um, mm-hmm. I have a few, a uh, couple of interviews to do. Hopefully, people that didn't uh, cancel me. Yeah. It's really frustrating. What kind of interviews? Just for the mouth to promote Mouthful of Shame on Netflix. Wow, oh, that's so funny. I don't even want to talk about the people got to see that opening. Thank you. That opening's so good. Yeah, I figured you'd like that. Oh, I, I loved it. I, oh, I loved. Listen, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get put the cat out of the bag. There's some guests, right? It's you want fine. To, no, no. Let's not people, do it. People let's, have said it, but it's almost like if, if I know, you're in no, another country no. and you haven't no, seen it. That's right. That's right. I'm not going to say nothing. Because in the, in the States, I'm bigger than I am uh, other places. So if you're in one yeah. of these places I'm coming to, maybe Copenhagen, maybe Antwerp, Belgium, maybe fucking- That's exciting for you. Maybe Amsterdam, you, maybe you, Oslo, and maybe, wait, one more- Stockholm, uh, Stockholm, Sweden. Sweden. Maybe now, you want to fucking check man, the kid out. Sweden. Can't wait. I mean, dude, you're going to tussle with some big blonde chicks over there. I hope so. Nice 5'11", 6 foot 2 chick. Ooh, they're going to be yodeling. Oh, I don't I even know what that, that means. Like <laughs> Do they yodel over there? I wouldn't know. I know oh, I'm going to. <laughs> Swiss Miss what girl sitting on my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Swiss Miss. That's what I was thinking of. That's yeah. when they yodel. Yeah. All right, Jimmy. Oh, okay. man. We're covering a lot today. Yes, we are. And we got to, before we go, got to cover, you covered the Hughes thing. Also, uh, Dana White said he's been offering Nate fights and he's turning them down and so is Nick and he doesn't know why. So I don't know. The Diaz mm. brothers are just waiting for something, uh, holding up for Connor. I, I don't know what's going on. Well, well, listen, anytime they want to fight, I'm watching. They got my money. And how about <laughs> uh, now that Dana thinks he's, he really thinks Mayweather. Connor is going to happen. It's amazing how this is going back and forth. Mm. Nobody knows the fucking answer. Nobody. Mm. Even Dane has gone back and forth. Like, I think he thinks it's never going to happen. And now he's like, I think it's going to happen. Right? It's yeah. amazing. And, and Dane is pretty honest. So I, I think that yeah. he spits it out whatever he thinks. He's, hey. not, he's not good at I'm sure he would lie if he could. But he's just not good at it. He just spits out the fucking whatever it is on his mind. So when he said that he didn't think it's going to happen, I believe him. Right. Well, he's saying there's too much money involved for it not to happen. Uh, yeah. yeah. And everyone's saying, what, here's what I think happens. Maybe Connor loses on a decision. I don't think Floyd, Floyd could knock Connor out because he could throw fast enough. And he's, he's, again, these are, Connor hits really hard, yeah. but these are different gloves than he's used to hitting with. Yeah. He's got half his weapons. It's, it, it's a big difference, dude. When you're used to only fighting from the waist up, yeah. other, no kicks, no takedowns, no looking out for guys shooting. There's so many things that Connor has to adjust to that he won't. And he's fought other guys that hit hard. So yeah. I would say Mayweather, but I really, it's the first time I'll ever root for Connor. I want to see Connor fucking knock him out. I can't stand that the motherfucker. Thing, the thing that Connor has Floyd, going for him. Floyd, I mean. Yeah, the thing that Connor has going for him is that he literally has nothing to lose. And he seems very unafraid. And like, if, if like, a dude. If I had a boxing match with Floyd Mayweather, they got to be all over the place, jabby around is that. I wouldn't even give a shit if I lost a boxing match with that guy because I know in a real fight I'd take him down and rip his shoulder off. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, I wouldn't care if I got beat up in a boxing match. <laughs> I'd take him down and rip his shit. Like, I know that would happen. The guy would never box again. In a street fight, you think you'd take him down? Oh, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I'll take him and a couple of his bodyguards. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'd line him up. I mean, that's just reality. I'm not even bragging. I'm just, yeah. I'm just reality, you know? I mean, so, like, in Connor's mind, Really, he could put everything into it, and if he, you know, the worst that could happen is if he gets laid out, and then go, you know what? All right, 
I could, in a real situation though, I could still beat, kick your head off and take you down and choke you. So it's like, do you really lose that much? Like, is that, does it hurt your pride that much? I don't know. Well, Floyd's risking his undefeated record. Yeah. He's 49 yeah. and 0. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't know. These guys are going to make so much freaking money. It's like, I don't feel bad for either one of them. It's a win win. Listen, but again, it's a with win -win. boxing, make the yeah. fight happen already. Month yeah. after month has been going by. Make the, This is all boxing shit yeah. holding it up. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that's something to do with. But doesn't he, isn't he still in contract with UFC and Dana and everything? I'm sure. I'm sure. So I'm, listen, there's a lot of stuff I'm sure they got to get right. They, Dana was talking about the deals. Just got to get the deal made. I, I mean, Dana that's what it comes it down happen. to. I think Dana would let it happen because the profile, yeah. talking about his star. Hey, I mean, it's crazy not Listen, to. I mean, I think everybody's going to have to get a slice. Who knows? I mean, I think it's more of that. They made, they're working that out. I want my slice of the pie. I'm done having slices. I'm going away. I'm going away with Dana in a few I days. I know you are. I'm going to have to I'm bring in somebody else. I'm going I'm one bringing place. in Francis Ngannou. Who are you bringing in? I want Ngannou. I, I, I vote for Bob Kelly. I love you know what Bob Kelly may he's be fun. the guy. Bob's he's great. fun. I like having him in. I don't here. like him, but I'll bring him in if you do. Yeah, he's a likable guy. He's the best, right? Yeah, I that's love Bobby. You know somebody by their friends. Yeah, it's true, right? Absolutely. Mongo always says, "You show me your friends, you show me who you are." He's right. So I'm going to show him you, and he's going to be like, "What the hell? You like to tussle with trainers?" He's going, "Listen, I don't judge Longo. Exactly, and I don't tussle. Absolutely what, not. What, I do tussle? my business. <laughs> I take care of my business. What does tussle mean? Tussle's like wrestle around. Arr, oh, I just... Right. <laughs> Maybe you I do. always lose on purpose. <laughs> I bet you do. Oh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> We're back, buddy. We are back. Thank you, guys. Oh, and I have one man. more plug, if you don't yes. mind. Uh, check me out on Netflix if you want. And tickets Please. are on sale now for the Borgata in Atlantic City, August 5th. I have two shows. That normally sells out, so I hope you guys want to come there. Or come see me overseas. My first European shows ever. Oslo, Copenhagen, Antwerp, Amsterdam, and Stockholm, Sweden. I am really looking forward to these gigs. It's a brand new hour of material. You're not going to hear the same shit you saw on Netflix, but it will be funny. I hope. Well, congrats. Thank you. And congrats thank you. on Mouth of Shame. And thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you so much to Brad Pickett for calling in. And uh, this was guy. fun. What awesome. a great guy. Huh? All right, Jimmy. I mean, this is, we're back, and now all of a sudden I'm leaving. It's okay. You took, you covered me. I cover you. That's what friends do. That's what friends but do. But then again, I'm out promoting other shit. You're fucking around with yeah. the boss, so you have a better reason. Talk, that is talk, true. Talk me up to the boss. I should have bought I'm going to try to, I want to find out where we're going to go next, and I'm going to try to bring you. He doesn't want to bring me, but just make sure the boss likes me. I think he does. Make sure the boss is happy. Oh, uh, this was fun. It was. Make sure the all boss right. is happy. Are we done? Yes. All right. Yeah, bye. Bye, everybody. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.